although we are Christians, we're Catholic Christians, there are many men and women of faith, and yet right in the midst of this faith, there still seems to be a lack of faith, lack of belief, lack of trust, lack of reliance on God. There's something within us, that, that, that type of brokenness within us where, you know, we are faithful, then all of a sudden it seems like we can't get lost, we get confused. We become somehow perhaps even disillusioned because of sickness or problems or difficulties. All of a sudden that faith that we have seems to be not as strong as we had. And I think today, I think the Lord is inviting us to reaffirm that faith that we had, even despite, despite the, uh, you know, the, the limitations or despite the fact that, that we sometimes lose the perspective of, of become men and women who seem to have lost the faith or way to God. The readings are really inviting us. They're inviting us in several ways. One is we have the story from the book of, of Exodus where we see Moses who is spending time with God, is communing with God, conversing, and then he hears the voice of the Lord who says, go down at once to your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, for they have become depraved. How do they become depraved? Because they have become, they have made an idol for themselves. They soon turn aside from the way I pointed out to them, making for themselves a molten calf and worshiping it, sacrificing to it and crying out, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I see how stiff-necked these people is let, let me alone then the consequences of creating a, an idol for ourselves, the consequences of making some, something else created a being or any type of creation that we may conjure up because this doesn't have to be necessarily physical. It can be some form of an ideology that we have picked up and, and we believe so much that we're, we're willing to let go of of Christian faith even, or, or some form sometimes personal beliefs, very subjective beliefs, where I am this, I'm the person who dictates uh, or the one who comes up with my own version of who God is. We don't allow ourselves to be imbued with the grace, but we kind of sort of kind of in the subjectivity of our own, we sometimes come up with a version of God. How many times I have spoken with people and they kind of share with me sort of, well, this is how I consider it. This is what I consider it to be. You know, all religions are the same, it doesn't matter, you know, and, and all these types of things which people sometimes often speak to me and say, it's kind of creating, they're so convinced in this eclectic uh, approach. I pick up some things from one philosophy or from other religion, add to it another, we create a sort of a kind of, kind of eclectic soup. And then again, you know, the placing doubt, did it really happen? You know, there's all kinds of ways that sometimes we convince ourselves or we hear others who seem to be so convinced and placing doubts in ourselves, creating a type of idols within our soul. So these idols are blocking us from entering into a deeper communion with the Lord. But you know what? This thing is that God does not abandon us, absolutely never. And even today, as we see, you know, the, the people who have created, have made, took all the gold, 
and they formed this sort of golden calf, you know, golden calf, which they honored, you know, in the way that the Egyptians used to do, and, you know, and, and the way the peoples used to do. They want to have something there, too. Seems like the word of God, God, the spiritual dimension of faith, the supernatural dimension didn't seem to have as much of an effect, but they want to have something visible. But at any rate, you know, making a golden calf, if, have you ever been to New York City and go to the Wall Street area, the business place right in front of a stock market? There is that golden bull there made of bronze, very big one. And, and I know that many people are touching it for, for whatever it is, good luck, or however they consider, I do not know. But, but this bull has certain parts of the body are super shining because as people are walking to work, they're touching it. You know, I'd love to see who is doing and, and, and how many Christians are there who seem to place confidence in that bull. And of course we say bull market, you know, which is, you know, is something that's positive. You know, uh, and 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 I, I and every time I've gone there because I've I've taken people to see New York, especially the whole area where 9/11 took place. This is where Wall Street is nearby. And every time I see that bull, it just reminds me of this of this story from Exodus, where where people are you know honoring this this bull made of gold, and of course the bronze when it's shining, it looks like gold. At any rate, um, the Lord is not happy for the people when they create idols for themselves because they, what, what, what idol does is separates them from the, from the Father, from that covenant relationship with God. And, and, and you know, in that, in that language of the book of Exodus, the Lord manifests almost human traits of someone who's upset because these people are forfeiting eternal life. There's not just a loss of, of faith, it's lo losing eternal life, losing something even greater than your home and your house and your, your riches and everything that you have, is you're losing eternal life. This is what the Lord is saying to his people, uh, the people of the covenant. How is it? Why are you doing this? Why are you separating yourself? Why are you doing this? Because you're destroying yourself, you're destroying your future and that future which lasts for eternity. And so here it is, the Lord speaks to Moses, you go to your people. And Moses says, no, Lord, these are not just my people, these are your people. And, 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 and the Lord says to him, yes, because they have become depraved, you have to do something. And so here it is, Moses, as a, the great mediator, the intercessor for his people, he says, God, how will the other people, how will the other people will see? You have taken them, you know, into the desert to be, to be, to be killed, destroyed. We can't do this. And it's, it's here's human love that, 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 that Moses manifests, and he becomes the great intercessor for his people. He suffers. He wants to suffer, and he's arguing with the, with the Lord God. He says, don't do this. Even though they separated themselves from you, the consequences of separation is death because there's no more life. And, and so this is the, 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 the story today. We see the great intercessor, Moses, from the Old Testament as he's interceding for the, on the behalf of people of God, and the Lord manifests his mercy through the intercession of holy leaders, through the intercession of holy leaders, people may 
obtain that, that, that mercy because of their great faith, their love for God, their love for the people. So the great intercession. And here we have in the New Testament, we likewise have Jesus who is greater. He's God, son of God, and also son of, of, of our human family, son of Mary. He's one of us. He is the, the, the ultimate mediator between God and humanity because he's the one who removes sin. The Old Testament promises the Messiah. The Old Testament promises someone who would be sent, who would destroy you know, the, 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 the power of evil, destroy the power of death. You know, Old Testament promises, but we have the promises has become reality, is true. And, 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 and this promise is, is, is real in the person of Jesus, the one who was born in Nazareth, the Son of God who became one of us. And so now we have here, Moses is one, you know, he's leading us, he's a sort of prefigures, prefiguration of Jesus. But Jesus at the whole, the, the, the reality of, of the Father's love, the Father's mercy is here. And so today we hear how Jesus speaks to the people, the co people of the covenant who do not want to accept him, who do not want to receive the gift of salvation. They do not want to receive because Jesus says, you know, I have come here that you may believe that you may be saved. For God sent his only son, as our verse before the gospel says, God so loved the world that he sent his only son, only begotten son, so that everyone who believes in him might have eternal life. So here it is, Jesus is pleading with his people, pleading with us, come to me, believe, don't question, don't doubt, because you, you, by, your, by your doubts, by your rejection of me, you're separating yourself from me. And here Jesus gives witness. He says, he says yes, if I testify on my own behalf, you don't want to accept this testimony because it's okay, well, you can speak on your own behalf. Even though he says many people who come in their own name, you believe them. But when, I, when it comes to me, you don't want to. You know, some politician comes, I promise this, I promise that, whatever it is, and you believe. And yet, and yet, and yet you know, uh, yet when it comes to Jesus, Son of God, the, you know, the very incarnation of God himself, the Father's love, people place all kinds of, of distrust. Well, who knows? Who knows if he is this or that? You know, there are other people in the history because, you know, we kind of affect one another. But, but, the, but the Lord Jesus says, he says, even if you, do not, if you do not accept my testimony, then at least accept the testimony that has been given to you. And what is this testimony? Testimony of John the Baptist. He says, he says you sent, you know, um, he says, you sent emissaries to John and he testified to the truth. He testified to who I am. I do not accept human testimony, but I say this so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining light, a burning and shining lamp, because he was pointing to the light. He was the lamp, but the, but, but the, but the light was, was Christ. And for a while you were content to rejoice in his light. But I have testimony even greater than John's. Okay, so first of all, what is John's testimony? John says, he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the one who I'm not even worthy to unstrap his sandals. 
He's also the, uh, the, the, the Messiah that was promised. He's the one who is the Messiah. And he has come to baptize with the Holy Spirit. He's the one who, is, who has come to baptize with the Holy Spirit. John, who is so well respected and is pointing to Jesus, he is giving the testimony to Jesus, who he is, the Son of God, the Lamb of God. You know, the, the Messiah who is to come. He's the one who is to baptize with the Holy Spirit, who brings gifts of the Holy Spirit. But then again, Jesus said, but even there's greater testimony than John's. And what is the testimony? Is God the Father. And God the Father. And how is it possible that this witness is given by God the Father? Is because we, we hear, we hear, you know, during the... Uh, you know, the, the transfiguration, also baptism of, of, by John the Baptist, where he, the voice is heard for those who are there. This is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him, follow him, listen to him. That means he's the one. So the father gives witness by his voice, the voice that the disciples have heard, the voice that John the Baptist has heard, uh, this is the voice of the witness of, of God the Father through the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, that's the one dimension of the witness of the Father. There's another dimension of the Father's, uh, Father's witness is the works that Jesus does. Who else can raise people from the dead? Who else can heal? Who else can, can restore? You know, exercise, you know, the, deliver them from the effects of the, whole, of, of the evil spirits. Who else? And Jesus says, these are the witnesses of the Father's power working in me. The Father's power because human beings are not capable of doing it. So again, Jesus is begging them. You heard the voice, the testimony of the Father is even greater John the Baptist. And that testimony is through the voice of the Father, also through the, through the works which Jesus manifests, and also is the gift of the Holy Spirit that's given to us, that gives us a conviction that he is the one. He gives us that conviction and knowledge of, 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 of the Father. And so, and then he points also to the Father's love and to the Holy Spirit's gift is this witness of scriptures, witness of the Holy Scripture, the witness of Moses, the witness of the, of the prophets, you know, Isaiah, you know, Micah, uh, Jeremiah, all those who point to, to the reality of the incarnation itself. And he says, but you, even though you have these witnesses, the scriptures, you see the works, the Father's works through, through me, and yet you do not believe, you do not accept, because the Lord says, because you don't have the love of God in you, to have the love of God in you. You know how many times we should say, Lord, help me to love you more. I love you, but help me to love you more. I believe, but help my unbelief. It's always this type of intentional desire because at certain times when the Holy Spirit kind of takes our hearts, everything seems to be easy. Everything seems to be so, so, so simple. You know, why would, you know, why would not I place my confidence in him because I feel that presence of God. But when I don't feel that presence, when I don't feel that, that he seems to be there for me, can I say, Lord, help me, help me to love you. I want to love you, but help me to love you. Because this is the very condition by which Jesus speaks to the people. He says, you don't accept, 
You're not the witness of the Holy Spirit. You don't accept the witness of the Bible. You're reading the scriptures, but you're not, not convinced because that love of God is in you. And what is love? Love is the Father's presence. Love is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So allowing ourselves to be affected by, by the Lord, but says we have to say, Lord, you have to come. I want the gift of the Holy Spirit to come upon me that I may become a fervent believer, fervent Catholic, that I may embrace the sacraments and knowing that, Jesus, you are truly present in the Eucharist. It is because of, of that conviction, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so this is what the Lord says, you, you know, accept in faith, accept in faith, because otherwise, he says, the Lord says to the people of God, he says, I will not be accuser. If, if you reject me, re reject salvation, reject belief, I will not be the accuser. Moses will be the one, because he is the one who's pointing to me. Same thing for us. You know, the Lord says, I, I, I am the one who wants you to be with me. You know, he's the one who's, you know, uh, and of course we, we know this from the year of mercy, that if we don't, and from the diary of St. Faustina, if we do not wish to enter through the, through the portals, through the door of mercy, accept the Lord, accept his forgiveness, accept him as our Lord and our God, then we have to go through justice, the doors of justice, and people will not make it. Because through the doors of justice is, why did you reject me? Why did you not accept me? And it's not because the Lord wants to complain against us. No, he wants us to, to save us because it's all about salvation. He wants us to be with him. So we, we may then today, you know, the invitation is such a powerful gift. And the Lord is reminding us, what else can I do for you? What else could I show you who I am? What else could I do so that, that I'll be able to convince you to have confidence in me, to have trust in me, to have that, that profound belief in me. And the, and the last thing is intercession. We need to inter intercede for us, just like Moses interceded before the, for the people of, of, of the covenant who were unfaithful. We are to be the great intercessors. St. John Paul II in encyclical Divas and Misericordia always called us the church, is to be a church of intercession, the church who, who, who seeks to pray for others not only to proclaim the gospel, but also the one who's interceding, interceding. So we are invited to, to intercede, to pray for one another. Of course, the ch chaplet is such a powerful tool of intercession. You know, have mercy on us and on the whole world. I offer you the Father, you know, the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world is this invitation to be intercessors. So praying the chaplet, we become the great intercessors, just as Jesus intercedes for us before the Father. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. We are likewise, we likewise wish to intercede so that as many people around the world as possible, that we can reach them through our prayer, that we can reach them through our intercession by offering our prayers, our sufferings, our own problems, difficulties, because when we offer everything to the Father, to Jesus, it becomes powerful tool of grace and of love, powerful tool of conversion until one day. And we hope, this is, this is our desire and longing, that we will bring our families, all the loved ones, and as many as, as those who wish, to, to share in the glory of God. We hope that everyone will be saved.
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.